0: What up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I am so happy that you're here and really so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you are a regular listener, thank you so much for subscribing and listening on a regular basis. If you're new to either of my podcasts, um, then welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, Just to let you know what I've got for you, the Talent Development Hot Seat is the top podcast, the place to go to find out everything that's going on in talent development, I interview uh, some of the top leaders in talent development, both from big companies and also thought leaders and authors, um, practitioners, everybody who has really great things going on um, and strong points of view to share about everything to do with talent management, talent development, learning and development, even a little bit of talent acquisition and recruiting as well. And uh, I find that, you know, getting feedback from a lot of people out in the community, in the talent development community, that they're listening on a regular basis to help them get better at their jobs, help them start new talent departments. Uh, And so this is the place to be for that. And if you're listening on the Andy Stort Show, uh, or maybe you haven't heard that I have a show called the Andy Stort Show, that is all about personal development, personal branding, uh, and really getting better and getting the most out of life. And uh, I am a consummate learner. I'm trying. I'm listening to podcasts and reading books and uh, attending events all the time, trying to learn as much as I can about both of these subjects: talent development, corporate talent development, and personal development, as well as things like personal branding, personal branding, uh, health and fitness, uh, and so many other categories. And I wanted to talk about that today, as well as provide an update on what's been going on with me. Uh, what's I'm seeing out there in um, the talent world and recap my latest interview with Michael bungay Stonyer because that one was, uh, it was just a great, such a great interview, right? And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that one. It came out earlier this week and uh, Michael is just such a, I don't know, an energetic, interesting, um, funny guy um, and he has so much knowledge and experience and he's got a big following as well and um, you know, if you're interested in writing a book, that was a, a great takeaway from that one, uh, as well as the lessons on coaching. Um, so first, the update on me. I I know a lot of my listeners, especially in the talent development world, you're interested in training and development, and what kind of workshops are going on out there. Uh, I recently ran uh, or facilitated a workshop for a large professional services firm uh, here in Orlando, where I live. It was down the street. Uh, they had a group of about 300, I think, or 150 uh, hypo senior managers come in from all over the country, and we ran a multipliers workshop. So if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about multipliers. Uh, it, I run a business simulation, uh, an experiential learning program that is based on the best selling book by Liz Weissman. And uh, typically we can run it in one day. Um, It can be stretched to a day and a half, especially for senior leaders to allow for more discussion. But usually it's run in one day and it's all about um, teaching people what it means to be a multiplier, to get more intelligence out of your people and avoid being a diminisher and stop diminishing your people, whether you're doing it intentionally or accidentally. We go into all the things that multipliers do and that things that diminishers do, uh, and go through some scenarios and try to figure out how to handle those different situations. People are in groups, they learn from each other. It's really one of the best programs, uh, most popular programs that I offer, and that uh, I really have a lot of fun facilitating. This one was interesting because instead of doing it one day, we stretched it out over two days and covered a lot of additional content on things like uh, delegation, stretch assignments, uh, handling stress, and coaching. So when it comes to uh, delegation, you know, I was dealing with a group of high potential senior managers. These are people who have a lot of people reporting to them. uh, Yet when they came up in their careers, they were rewarded for being detail-oriented, experts at their jobs, and micromanagers. That was a good thing early on in their careers, auditors, tax professionals, uh, whatever it may be. And now they've got all these people reporting to them. They need to get a lot better at delegation. So we talked about you know, identifying the right opportunities to delegate and provide stretch assignments, looking at people's capability versus their aspiration. So how eager are the people on your team to take an assignment? And do they have the level of capabilities? And if their capability is low, but their eagerness is high, it might be a stretch, but it also might um, be a dangerous situation where they're, they're likely to fail. Um, if their capability is high, but their eagerness is low, then uh, they might not really want to take it on, and that might be the wrong, uh, wrong assignment for them. And uh, similarly, if we look at uh, really stretching someone and looking at their um, ability versus um, their level of experience or, or um, you know, how much they want to take it on, You've got to look at what could be frustrating, uh, right, or dangerous for them versus uh, if they are taking on a task that is uh, well within their ability and they might get bored, right? So it has to be somewhere in the middle there. And we talk about what makes a great stretch assignment. And we even practice designing stretch assignments for people on their teams. And um, we thought about, okay, what could go wrong? With that, so that you know, if you prepare for the future and think about all the things that could go wrong, then really it's not—it's never a bad idea to give that stretch assignment. Let people take a chance, and then maybe you're there to back them up if the the thing fails or the thing goes wrong. If it's not a high high risk situation, um, but the the point is to give people on your team more stretch assignments to get them used to delegating more and and providing more of those assignments. Um, we talked about uh, how people accidentally diminish their people by not providing enough of those uh, stretch assignments or maybe by being there to rescue them too quickly and not letting people on their team fail. Um, And then I mentioned we got into a little bit of um, emotional awareness or handling stress. And this was really interesting for a lot of people because I don't think they spent a lot of time thinking about this, even though they're in very stressful jobs. And I did an episode on the Andy Storch Show last week about the importance of meditation and breathing. And I talked about this, uh, this idea that uh, most of the stress that we uh, experience and fear is all comes back to the part of our brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is our uh, fear response mechanism, right? So most of the time we're operating out of logic and Normal feeling, and that's our our prefrontal cortex that's handling most of the things going on in our life. But then, if we see a bear, uh, you know, or a dangerous situation, a car is coming towards us, uh, then our amygdala takes over, and we either fight, flee, or freeze up. And uh, I, on that episode of the Andy Store Show last week, I shared a story from last summer when I was in Montana with my family, and I went hiking, and I encountered a giant grizzly bear on the trail. And I completely froze up, and the bear froze up, and then the bear ran off. Uh, thankfully, and I didn't have to, you know, fight with the bear. <laughs> but um, I completely froze up. I didn't know what to do, and that was because my amygdala said, "Hey, don't run, right? Run." They say never run from a grizzly bear because they might chase you. Uh, don't fight, uh, which is obvious, right? I don't think there's a human on the well. There might be some humans on the planet, but most people would not want to fight a bear, they know that we probably wouldn't win. Uh, and so my amygdala told me immediately to freeze up before I could have any, you know, think logically about the situation. And then the bear ran away. So the amygdala takes over and, and really like it can often save our lives. The trouble is and what we explain in this program is that um, the amygdala does not know the difference after uh, thousands of years of evolution does not know the difference between a life threatening physical threat situation, or a social threat, which is like, you know, someone takes your parking spot at the mall, someone cuts you off on the road, uh, you get an email from your boss asking you to do something that you already did or that you don't think you should do, you get an email from a client that they lost something, uh, or, you know, someone uh, just, there's just like a whole host of things that happen in our life, right, that could set us off right? Someone said something rude to you. Um, the other day, my wife was at the grocery store and a woman started yelling at her for not putting her shopping cart back in the right place, which is so random and weird. Um, people get set off by the most ridiculous things. And the point is that our amygdala takes over because it doesn't know the difference between uh, a physical threat and a social threat. And so we end up writing that angry email, um, you know, uh, honking our horns at people in traffic, um, getting in an argument with someone at the grocery store uh, when it really shouldn't matter—it's not a threat to your life—or you know, sometimes getting people when we were younger, getting in a fight at a bar uh, over you know something like our ego. Um, in the professional setting, it causes a lot of problems, right? When you respond to that email angrily before you really take time to think about it, uh, or you um, you have that conversation, or you just run away from a conversation with your boss. Because you're just angry about a certain situation, you don't know how to handle it, and so we talk about that. And really, the key, the key response is breathing. If you've ever heard someone say, uh, "Hey, take a breath, it'll be all right," that's the right advice. The science shows that if you take three deep breaths, then It can slow down your thinking, slow down that amygdala, and help your uh, frontal cortex take back over, and you can start thinking more logically again. And the things that you can or should be thinking about, what we talked about in this program, is what is this a threat to? Is it a threat to something that you're for? Is it threatening your purpose um, that you want to get promoted or make more money or keep your job or impress people at work, whatever it is? Um, Or is it threatening something that you're against um, which might be you're against getting fired or losing your paycheck uh, or losing a client. And um, so those things can set people off and set off that amygdala. And if you take some breaths and think about what are you for and what are you against and what is the threat towards, um, it helps ground us and set some, um, some context and, and give us perspective on things. And I know in the you know, professional services world, uh, the people I was working with, the participants all had clients, they all had direct reports, they had bosses, they had all kinds of things going on and they had all had experience with this. And so we practiced it, you know, people took turns practicing it, walking through, um, how to help themselves with this exercise. And then I talked to them about my own personal experience and I'll tell you this, share this with you now, this is, you know, not going to be all about this type of thing, but, um, there are studies that show that meditation, Uh, Regular meditation, regular breathing exercises can reduce the size of that amygdala and help you gain more patience and tranquility and mindfulness and avoid some of these uh, fight-flight situations and you know reactions in social situations. And I have been meditating regularly for three years now. And when I say regularly, I mean daily for three years now. In fact, in the last three years. I have missed only two days of meditation. My current streak is at 805 or something as I record this. And I have found that it has helped me greatly in being more patient, uh, more mindful, more calm in situations. I don't react uh, to a lot of social threats that used to like set me off a little bit. In fact, sometimes I don't even understand them. If someone is is getting angry at me in traffic, I do not even understand why, you know, they would, but some people do, right? They they feel threatened. And uh, so I I act calmly in all these situations. It helps a lot with my children. It helps a lot with client work. Uh, And so if you're not someone who meditates regularly, you've never even tried it. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, And that could include... If you are a religious person, you know quiet prayer in the morning, it could include different breathing exercises. For me, I use uh, a guided meditation from the app Calm. There are many, many different apps out there that will help you with that as well as meditations on YouTube and whatnot. Um, if you haven't done it before, start small. Start with one or two minutes and then expand. I typically do 10 minutes a day and I aspire to do more uh, because I think it is so important. I see it as uh, really important to my mental health uh, as well as my overall health and fitness, just as important as going to the gym. And it's not just for monks on top of a mountain. Um, it is for everyone, especially business professionals, busy business professionals who get stressed out a lot. Uh, and I like to talk to people about that because it has been really helpful for me. And I think it can be really helpful for you as well. <clears throat> and so I wanted to share that with you. Uh, and we, I talked about that in the program as well. And, you know, when I asked for a show of hands of 30 people, 25 people in my classroom there, uh, nobody was meditating or most people, I don't think most people in the class had even tried meditation. And so um, I feel good about spreading the word there. Uh, And then the last thing we, uh, the other topic we got into in that program was coaching. So, you know, we practiced the breathing and everything, and then we got into, um, you know, how do you coach and lead your people? And I'm just flipping through some notes here um, to get to what we talked about. We, we started, we talked about the importance of asking powerful questions, high impact questions. So if you're having a coaching conversation with someone, um, try to avoid those, you know, yes or no, closed-ended questions, focus more on open-ended questions, challenging, excuse me, challenging questions, um, questions that really get people thinking that are going to add value to their lives. Um, we talked about the different types of coaching styles that people usually uh, use and how they can move into one style or another. Um, Not just the one that they're most comfortable in. And we talked about uh, the grow model, which many of you have probably heard about, uh, heard of or used if you are in coaching at all. And uh, we had people practice having coaching conversations with each other in the room. And you know, these are people with direct reports that don't have a lot of experience doing this. They do a little bit. Of, they have those conversations with their direct reports or their, you know, people they're mentoring in, in a company. Uh, but I bet it's spend a lot of time, you know, just offering quick advice, solving problems for people, right? And that leads me well into uh, the interview I did with Michael Bungay-Stanier, um, who is the bestselling author of the book, The Coaching Habit. And if you have not had a chance to listen to that interview or read his book, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a quick read and definitely an interesting one. And we talked about, <clears throat> in that interview, we talked about uh, his book and why he wrote it and all the work that went into uh, writing the book and how hard it is to market a book like that and all the work that goes into it. We talked about um, you know how he got into publishing it because I know there's a lot of people out there listening who think I might want to write a book one day, so that was interesting. Um, and we got into the power of coaching and Why Michael wants to make coaching a core leadership and business behavior. Um, His tenet behind coaching, he says, be lazy, be curious, be often. And I put that in a LinkedIn post when I published the episode. And what does that mean? When he talks about being lazy, it's so funny. But, you know, he's mostly speaking to business managers who have uh, employees, direct reports, people on their team. They want to coach and that they're always trying to, like, find answers for them. And if they just get lazy and just ask questions and give them space they actually would be doing their people a favor and just do that more often. So be lazy, be very curious, ask a lot of questions, and do it very often. And, um, you know, it helps people make choices. He talked about the strategic question. If I say yes to this, what must I say no to? And why people are overwhelmed by overcommitment and the problem with people saying yes too much. And he talked about the lazy question. What do you want from me? Uh, if someone comes to you with a problem and you say, what do you want from me? Instead of jumping to a solution or putting a lot of work into trying to help them, you just ask, what do you want from me? I'm, I want to implement this because, uh, oftentimes people just want to be heard. They might say, I I don't want anything from you. I just wanted to tell you about it. Uh, and so instead of like adding work monkeys to your back, someone told me from a book, uh, instead you just ask, what do you want from me? And you ask people what they're, what they're working on, um, how you can help them. And be curious a little bit longer. Keep asking questions. We talked in the interview about the problem with the, the quote advice monster is the coin he gave for executives, my, managers who uh, jump to advice too quickly. And the problem with jumping to advice is you might not be solving the right problem because you haven't asked enough Questions. And this is hard for those of us who have a good amount of experience, been in the working world, you've been studying things, you've been doing things. You know, I talked about the importance of learning earlier. I do a lot of learning, I talk to a lot of people. I've got a lot of experience, and I'm by far, by no means, an expert in anything. I'm always learning and trying to get better, as many of you are as well. Um, But it's so hard when someone comes to you with a challenge not to jump right away to giving them advice. Uh, Because we want to be helpful and we think we know the answer. And I do this all the time as well. And what Michael says in this book and what many of you out there who are experienced coaches know is that a lot of times people can figure things out for themselves and you do them more of a service if you ask them questions and let them figure it out versus jumping to providing advice to them, Um, you know, because you might be providing the wrong advice. And speaking of advice, Michael also provided some advice because I asked him for advice at the end of the show. And um, he just said, do more great work that has impact and meaning. And so that's the last thing I'll leave you with. Uh, I actually, uh, I'm in two mastermind groups and I was on a call yesterday with a bunch of friends in my mastermind group and someone brought up the fact that they often, my friend John, he often asks himself about the impact and the meaning of the work he's doing and is he making the right decisions? And he said, I just turned 40. And I often ask myself, uh, what would my 50-year-old self tell me to do in this situation? So that is, think about where you want your life and your career to be 10 years from now. And we'll, we'll do a whole other episode on this maybe. Um, but think about where you like, want your life and your career to be 10 years from now. And are you making the right decisions today to lead you toward that? And if not, what advice would your... 50, 60, 70-year-old self give you right now, if they could look at your life and say, hey, um, you want to be here, you need to be doing more of this or less of this. What advice would they give you? And maybe start taking action on that. I've been thinking about that a lot over the last 24 hours since I heard that um, that advice, that question. And um, I'm going to be talking to other people about it because I think it's interesting, it's impactful, and uh, I hope you will as well. So uh, the la- oh, the last thing I was going to add is you know, thinking about myself for the next 10 years. Where do I want to be? I'm de- where am I developing a personal brand? I just booked, uh, the last update on me, I just booked a couple keynotes for organizations uh, around some interesting topics that I think I might be talking a lot more about in the future and I've talked a little bit about in the past. Uh, one is about career development and really helping people take ownership of their life and their career. And I'm going to be speaking at a corporate learning week um, for a large company and to all of their uh, their people in the organization uh, across three offices about taking ownership of their life and their career, what that means, and not waiting for other people, not waiting for their manager to tell them what to do and how to get a promotion and whatnot, but actually like creating their own purpose, vision, and plan and how they can take complete ownership of their, their life and their career. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, another one I booked is uh, at an HR conference where I'm gonna be speaking more about personal branding. And really what I wanna talk about is developing your professional brand and how do you set yourself up for a strong career down the road. One of those things is constantly learning as I talked about earlier, so important to be learning all the time. How much time are you dedicating to learning on a regular basis? Obviously, you gotta be listening to this podcast, of course, because this is your top place to learn about awesome things going on but you know also reading books listening to other podcasts going to conferences Uh, i'm big on that i go to a lot of conferences i think i'm gonna probably go to eight to ten this year uh, to learn and network and connect with others and of course i am hosting my own conference this year on november 6th and 7th in sonoma california it's called the talent development think tank and it's going to be a great place for people to uh, learn connect grow it's going to be all experiential a lot of learning clear takeaways strong roi you can get tickets at talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. It's also tdtt.us should work as well. Um, yeah, build that, build your brand. Think about where you want to be 10 years from now, uh, which means you need to be building your personal professional brand. Always be learning, uh, sharing with others. Networking is huge. Um, I'm going to share more on that in a future episode. I've done one in the past. I'll probably do more as I build out that keynote. If you're looking for someone to come to your organization and speak about uh, one of these topics. Feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about them, if you're trying to develop your own career, your brand, you know, reach out, let me know. Uh, I can't always help, but I can always connect you with someone who can. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn every day. Uh, you can also shoot me an email as well, uh, and I would be happy to talk to you. That's it for now. Thank you so much for listening for, uh, promoting and sharing the podcast with your friends. For those of you who left reviews, I really appreciate it. I need to read some of those on the air cause they're just so inspiring. Uh, and if you haven't take a, take a minute, if you're listening on your iPhone or even on Android right now, look down at your app, um, slide down to the bottom of the podcast and uh, just write a quick review. I really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. Uh, and if you're into videos and other types of content, you know, I post almost daily on LinkedIn, All of my interviews now are up. Oh, not all of them, but many of my latest interviews are now up on YouTube as well um, if you want to see those there. So I'm just trying to put content everywhere. I'm also very active on Instagram. So find me wherever you are on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and as well, of course, this podcast. Thank you again for listening. Have an awesome day.